0: Welcome back to Killer Fun. I'm Christy. I'm Jackie. And we're so glad you're back with us. We talk about the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. We're super glad that you are here with us today. Last time, we talked about... What did we talk about? We t- Heavy stuff. We talked about heavy stuff. We talked about The Handmaid's Tale. We did. And oh, that was, was so good. And in the research for The Handmaid's Tale, I found an abstract for an academic... Publication. Yes. That troubled me a bit. And since you are a student of psychology, I am
1: you are a good person
0: to talk about this with
1: <laughs> so well we dove into this because I think the abstract was it was little well if you're not used to write, reading a journal article an academic article it's kind of scary well and it, yeah, <laughs> it was
0: scary and I think my my words were fresh hell what in the fresh hell is this <laughs> yeah because, because, that's true yeah, and you know now that we've We actually did read the entire article. We did. But if you need a little refresher, here it is. Children born to unmarried parents may receive lower capital investments, leading to higher levels of criminal activity as adults. Therefore, unmarried fertility may be positively associated with future crime. Alternatively, in an environment... In which social stigma attached to nonmarital fertility is high, many low match quality parents will marry, and children reared in these families may actually be worse off than if their parents had not married. We explore these effects empirically, finding that over the long run, unmarried fertility is positively associated with murder and property crime, but that the degree of social stigma has affected this relationship. For instance, our results suggest that some marriages in the 1940s and 1950s were of such low quality that the children involved would have been better off in single-parent households. However, this finding is reversed for marriages in the 1960s thereafter. Many marriages would have benefited. Children were foregone. Most people who are, have a single parent don't become
1: serial murderers. Well, and that's, the, that's the statistical logic that has to be addressed here. Right. It's not that most people who have single parents become criminals. It's that most criminals had single parents. All bananas are fruit, but not all fruit are bananas. Yeah. And that's okay. a statistical divide. So I would say like a study like this, I would say that community centers would, would benefit very much by understanding this because okay. they could apply their resources better. So when we were talking about it last time, yeah. we, were, we, we were
0: inflamed uh, a little right bit. I would, I would say inflamed to be fair. I would also say reading the actual paper. Is that what this Paper, is? Paper article. Article. It almost it almost seems disingenuous to call it an article. It seems
1: like It's a people, journal article. Yeah. It's a journal article. I think we
0: think we think uh, when I think of articles like as a lay person I tend to think of, like, opinion pieces. Right. And
1: this is... This is not a, re- so much an opinion piece. This was from no. the Journal of Law and Economics. Yes. Um, February two
0: t- 2010. Right. The actual name, if you want to look it up, if you have access to journal articles or would like to read it, it's Unmarried Fertility, Crime, and Social Stigma by Todd D.
1: Kendall and Robert Tamura. Right. And so, so you can find that on places like PsychInfo or um, JSTOR. Yeah. You do have to have a subscription to see the whole article yeah uh or you most likely or you could probably pay a fee for the one right um and sometimes you get a freebie they'll offer a freebie. i don't know whether this one would be one it was interesting
0: to read it jackie very kindly sent me an annotated edition that had the important (laughs) bits highlighted so that i would we could be on the same page with everything and i think it helped to read the whole thing i still think that they talked about high quality matches and low quality matches, and I still am a little sketchy about how that really was determined because I feel like that was really a crux of a lot of their arguments. And I don't really know how they were able to determine that because that's not something that's included in the census data. Is your are you a high quality match?
1: Right. Yeah. As <laughs> it's not you... a
0: question on the
1: census. No. No. I mean, it's it's hard because you're right, yeah. they don't cite some really good information that explains what makes a good marriage and a bad marriage. Right. And what's sad about that is that there's actually some pretty decent information out there. The problem is that even if there is decent information about how to address that, their data would not give them the data necessary to really determine that. Right. So they went off of basically one thing, divorce rates. Right. Which I I think is not
0: a... If you're looking at people who never married whether they were good quality matches or not, that you don't know if there's two parents in the household, if they never married and then divorced...
1: There could be two parents in the household who just never married. So they did adjust that. They looked at cohabitation. And so the census mm. data does give some cohabitation because it looks at okay. like a family right. household. Right. So they do have some data on cohabitation and how that might impact. And they addressed that a couple of times um, okay. in here. Um, they also addressed the fact that uh, low quality matches, they would have had to be married and then divorced. And so that's how they right. look at that. Um But, you know, I know a lot of low-quality matches who really (laughs) stuck it out for way longer than they should have, you know? I mean, like married with children style, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Married with children. (laughs) I never thought about it. They're an excellent example of a low-quality match. (laughs) Just completely dysfunctional, right? And we love that in the entertainment business. We love to watch these low-quality matches. I mean, Roseanne, I don't know. In my opinion, that wasn't a very good high-quality match that that show depicted, even though they stuck it out and they right. made it. And so, in, I guess in their opinion, just sticking it out is enough of a high-quality match. And I'm thinking, maybe not.
0: No, maybe there's economic factors or social factors. Personality factors. factors. Yeah, um, well, that, that might <laughs> encourage them to stay in a low-quality match. And so I think it's, I, I wonder how good a predictor it is. Right. So
1: is in terms of this article, I think right. I personally, and we kind of chatted about this beforehand, yeah. I personally give all the benefit of the doubt that they took their bias out of it. They were just looking at the numbers to see what the numbers might tell them so that they could add to the body of literature right. and research regarding this issue would provide some avenues forward. Um, and so I, I definitely, I respect what they're doing here, but I have to say, The low quality match, high quality match was a bit of an issue for me.
0: Right, only because it seemed not very empirical. It's in and how that was determined. Like and a I, little
1: bit of bias got in there or a little or, bit of underlying assumption that maybe should have been cited. Yeah, I get it that maybe it
0: was, you know, a difficult thing to determine, but maybe don't hinge so much of your research on that. If it's something that's difficult...
1: To determine. Maybe not. Exactly. So we both kind of had a little issue with that. And, <sighs> you know, but that notwithstanding, right. there was a lot of other good information, I think, that did come from this about the correlations. And some some things that maybe gave some positive outlooks. Sure. Um, but also some good information for Predictors and and certain risk factors, sure, not cause factors, but right. risk factors that could aid prevention
0: programs, right? Because uh, that's one thing this article does not do. It does not
1: prove a correlation equals causation, right? And that's a that's a big thing. That was correlation a, does not equal causation, right? In general, that
0: women who have children either having gotten pregnant with before they were married or Having married only after they were pregnant, does that make sense? Yeah, having a
1: baby out of wedlock, at, at, or is how they describe conceiving it,
0: conceiving a child out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't necessarily mean their children are going to be criminals, right? No, and no, that's yeah. not what it's purporting. No, and it's not saying that. Um, and that's what. But the, reading the abstract was kind of that's kind of what it implied almost and I maybe feel like the abstract was a little misleading
1: because, I can see how
0: you feel that way right and, and being somebody who hasn't been trained in psychology
1: well and I would say that there's a big difference between articles that are made for public and articles that are made for the academic journals right and, and so and I happen
0: to stand, stumble upon an academic journal article that perhaps I wasn't equipped to
1: understand. <laughs> well, and I can understand because reading it, there it just seems so incompassionate. I mean, yeah. especially the way they're just talking about people and their well, and that's personal pretty... places. You know, yeah. they're out of wedlock child and they're unwanted children and they're uh-huh. you know low quality marriages. Mm-hmm. Like these are intimate details. Uh-huh. Like have a little compassion. But they are not writing this for the general public, um, right? And so a journal article is going to look at things a different way. And in fact. We talked a little bit about the correlation causation thing. Uh, We have a great Great. little flow chart that helps. Yes, I'm going to put that up. Uh, She's going to post that. So this little flow chart helps you understand where we go from correlating factors, which means two things that have a relationship. And how those things with a relationship might then become things that we can see this causes that. But a lot of this research right here, especially with this article particularly, is not this causes that. Right. All it is is it's determining possible risk factors. Right. And the power of those risk factors. Right. um, To predict. Now, how successful that
0: was may be a matter of debate a little bit
1: a little bit. Um, we we both kind of felt like as we dove into the article that it was a little in places.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. It just... Uh-huh. Well, and they talked a lot about social stigma as well. And so in reading the article, I was really trying to find out what did they mean by social stigma and how were they determining that. And they measured it by church membership or divorce rates, which seemed a little problematic to me because... There are a lot of different kinds of churches. I know, I kind of had to laugh because I was, I was like, which churches? They're, they're really painting churches with a broad brush here. Yeah, And, you know, I it's, if you're in the South, there's a, maybe a predominance of one kind of church, but that's certainly not the only kind of church that there is in an area. And if you go North, you're going to have a different makeup of what those churches are, look like and their belief systems are I don't think just membership in a church is predictive of really much of
1: anything no it's so, just kind of um very assuming. And they don't cite any other factors right. about what churches and the predominance of that church and what sample size they were looking at, but they were looking at the whole United States, right? So I have no idea. I would hope that by whole United States, that by church membership, you know, well, I would
0: hope that it would be not it would be churches of all stripes. You know, I would and hope not so. just. Not just Christian churches, but Jewish synagogues
1: and, you know, centers. So Appendix Muslim A does and, actually address this a little bit. Okay. This is how they decided church membership. Church membership is the number of church members declared by 114 religious bodies in each state divided by the total population. Okay. Studies were performed in 1952, 71, 80, and 90, and then 2000. Okay. Um, and then data for other years are linearly interpolated. Okay. Okay, so, so we have a good sampling of church membership fair, across fair. all religious bodies. That's fair, but what does that mean? Thank you. I mean,
0: just because we we understand, okay, yeah, I okay, I appreciate that. Thank you. Appendix B is or Appendix A was not something that I spent a lot of time delving into <laughs> for this. <laughs> so I'm glad you looked at it. So it is
1: across the whole cultural because their study systems, is. Yes. Their study is across just, the nation, and right. so their church membership is across the nation. That's great, but that doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> no, because it, you're assuming that church membership church has, has one theology, and that that theology is, is stigma against single mothers. Right. Uh, hold yeah. the phone. Yeah.
0: I don't know. And I get the impression that they seem to think that social stigma was much higher in the past, like prior to 1970, because there was a far lower occurrence of unwed mothers prior to 1970, either they were getting married or they were giving their children up for adoption or whatever, right? They weren't caring for these kids. But in my own anecdotal experience, it depends on where you are in the country. For example, I have a friend who went to high school in Michigan and In 2001, she was the first pregnant student to remain at her high school and not go to an alternative school. So I really feel like, is this a good social stigma idea that it was it was less acceptable in the past and it's more acceptable now? It all depends on what part of the country you're in, what the demographics look like. It just seems like a really too too broad of a brush to paint this entire thing with because there was social stigma there 20 years ago. Right. That they're kind of insinuating doesn't exist as much anymore.
1: Right. I felt like they overestimated the power of social stigma mm-hmm. because they don't really have enough foundation of social stigma to right. go on. Yeah, I I totally agree with this. Because yeah. so, um, anecdotally, I mean, right. if you were to ask me, I could say, yeah, I definitely remember that people were talking about in the 1950s and 40s that getting pregnant out of wedlock was a horrible, horrible thing, and that uh, I just remember people talking about it and then acting like it was better now, but it really wasn't. Maybe the language was more accepting, but were people actually more accepting? I don't really know. Right. Um, And that's just my anecdotal experience. So that's not really enough to go into an empirical review of this information. So I don't know. Those were two big places that I was uh, problematic with. What was the thing you felt like they did best? I think their actual a statistical analysis okay. of the information, the numbers, okay. the number crunching uh-huh. was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Really, what yeah. I just felt like was that their introduction was not as, as in-depth as it should have been. Uh-huh. I felt like they dove into relationships they probably just should have avoided and kept it simple. Okay. You know, a little Occam's razor here, like keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. You know, um, I felt like in their algorithm control for a lot. Right. Um, and I get that, but yeah. I felt like their introduction didn't do such a good job of it. Whereas I actually think with things like social stigma and even, you know, the other issue that we talked about low and high the low and marriages. high quality marriages um, that I thought that really do doing with what they did with the information they had, that was, well done, okay, even with just the church membership thing, because how how are they going to quantify right social stigma except to say that a majority of churches actually do stigmatize stigmatize single mothers, not all, but I think you could probably say, and i don 't think they cited that well i don 't think they came out and said hey there 's enough literature to say that most people." In churches feel this way or that church theology feels that way. So if you were a member of a church, it's Mm -hmm. likely that. I don't think they did a good job saying it. But as far as their numbers were concerned, I felt like, Like well, they controlled the best they could for it. Right. So in the end, what I think they they came out with was a couple of correlations that are a, a good contribution to the literature at large. Okay. For understanding
0: how we can support... Single parent families, right?
1: Better how we can help with risk factors? Okay, because risk factors are not causes. Risk right. factors are something oh, that you can mitigate, if maybe you mitigate, have, maybe help. Yeah, you know, it's right. like well, we talked a little bit before about cancer. You know, right. it's like saying, well, there are causes for cancer. There may be a couple we know are causes, but like for instance, smoking causes cancer. Well, yeah. But not all people who smoke oh, get, get cancer, cancer right. in their lungs. Um, so if you were to look at actual numbers, they may be stronger numbers than what this article has, but you can still see that there's a difference between, okay, these things are correlated, these things are major risk factors, and so we're going to deal with the risk factors because the results, if it were to turn out so... Would be devastating. Right. So don't smoke. By the way, it's icky. Don't yeah. smoke. Don't smoke. Yuck yuck and it's, <laughs> it's expensive. it's not cool. So what? yeah, uh, that's yeah. an aside. Yeah. But so that's kind of the 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 you know, power of predictability here. Right. is, you know, I don't well, i don't, we could debate that all day long. I won't go into there. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna take off my nerd hat for a second and just <laughs> say, um But I
0: love your nerd hat. <laughs> That's one really? of my favorite things is when you put on your nerd hat. I love
1: well, that you're an academic. You. It makes thank me you. happy. Well, I, I kind of enjoy it. So yeah. I'm glad you do too. Um, but I think that um power predictability aside, um, yeah. I think that what they gave us was a correlation that allows us to um to dive deeper, okay? And to provide some some help and support Okay. Where necessary. Okay. Because I think their ultimate conclusion that there is a positive association, meaning the more out of wedlock births, mm-hmm. the bit higher of crime. Yeah. A tiny percent. It's true. It's it's
0: very, between uh, 1965 and 2002, the
1: murder rate increased. By less than four-tenths of a percent. I mean, this is small. It's very small. small. Um, In general, the rates of crime went from 2.5 to 5%. Right. Um, And and again, to look at this study, I kind of have to say, now I'm going to put my nerd cap back on. Yeah. um, I have to say that this is not studying single moms and their children. Right. This is studying single out of wedlock births and crime rate. This is a different kind of study, and that's why I say it's a contribution to the literature at large. Right. There are other studies out there that right. look at single moms and the future of their children and right. what happened. Right. There are there are other studies out there. This is looking at population at large, and uh-huh. that's why it's just uh, one more contribution. contribution. Uh-huh. And it's important so to least, remember that. Yeah. Okay. You know, but you know, I was also thinking about this because this causation thing we would love to know oh we would love to know this but we can't really experimentally study this and and the reason why because i'm sure people are out there going why can't we do a better experiment about this (laughs) well let me let me explain why because you can't take a, a a woman and say um i'm gonna take away all your money Uh and I'm going to put you in a shack, and then I'm going to get you pregnant. Yeah. Um, And then I'm going to watch what happens. (laughs) And we're going to take this other person, and we're going to
0: give them a bunch of money. And and, an awesome hot husband. uh Uh-huh. And and then we'll let them be pregnant, and then we'll watch what happens over there. We can't do that to people. No. All we can do is look at people. All we can do is look at the population, the set that we have. We cannot manufacture these... Circumstances in yeah. order to to be able to study appropriately, right.
1: which is funny talking which, about it now. But but when you first start looking at this, it's easy to think, why aren't we doing better experiments? But that's why, right. and it seems kind of commonplace. Right. Once you hear it, you're like, right. oh well, of course. I mean, we're not just going to go around knocking up right people, right? Um, <laughs> you know, um, but. But we take the numbers we have and we run them. We need
0: information about unwanted pregnancies, so we're going to make you unwantedly pregnant. (laughs) I mean, God can do that. But... um... He's not studying it from an empirical point of view. No, he doesn't need. He doesn't need that type of analysis. No, he really doesn't. He can say he knows. He can do all of the analyses. The only thing that I wish they would have addressed, they did address some of other factors, poverty, educational ability, access to health care, they tried to control for some of that. Not sure that they were entirely successful. But I think they did the best they could. And I can appreciate that the only thing that I wish they would have covered, either controlling for it, or telling us a bit more about why the information wasn't included was incarceration of parents, right? They didn't look at this has, at all. That has a more that has a higher correlation to whether a child is going to end up as as a person who is incarcerated, right? As that an adult, risk factor
1: is established. That,
0: yes, and um, so I yeah. wish they would have like told me a little bit more about that. But right, right. It doesn't it look it at that at all. Like um, 30 you know. pages, so whatever, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, they only well, like had said, 30 pages to discover, to discuss the stuff, so. Well, and that's true. You also never you know, know what kind of limitations they were on as right. far as their introduction was concerned. But, you know, I even mentioned that I thought, well, I, I would have liked to see more of an introduction in certain areas. But I thought their conclusion, their conclusion was pretty decent. Um, they they wrote it here in It was better general. than their introduction, I think. It was. I thought that it
0: was uh, seen. Seemed less assuming and less biased in their conclusion than their introduction,
1: right? Their you introduction, know? especially for you, came across like they had some bias seeking e- in. Yeah. yeah,
0: like they were they were following a point they were trying to make rather than following the data. I don't I don't know that that's the case, but the conclusion helps me with that a bit. That's That good. it seemed more. This is what we found this is empirically what we found rather than here are the things that we're going to try and show you. No, I don't want you to try and show me anything. Right, no, that would be I the opposite
1: to- of good empirical well, research. Right,
0: exactly. I don't want right. you, I want you to tell me what the data determined for you, not right. what you were able to prove with your data. And
1: as far as the introduction was concerned, we felt like it seeped in with some of uh-huh, other language bit. Yeah. that it seeped in. Um, but I also kind of said that I reading it could see that, but I wasn't impressed by it. Yeah. Like I wasn't impacted or thought, Oh, these guys are are problematic. Um, It seemed to me that it just seeped into their language regarding some of the issues. Right. Um, But the conclusion I felt did a very good job. and, And they said in general, it is important to understand the marginal benefits of various social policies in terms of crimes reduced into including policies that affect family structure Given the costs of improving family structure in various ways, optimal policies can then be created. Our hope is that this paper contributes to an understanding of the important role that family structure plays in affecting criminality. And family structure not being one particular right. just in general they're talking just about that the structure of family can either provide a risk factor uh-huh. for this path or that path. Right. And that understanding that we can create social. Policy. Yeah.
0: What are what are the influences of the family structure, not that one family structure is necessarily preferable to another.
1: Right. Because given understanding uh-huh. we can create right. help for all Right. Because you know, even your basic family structure has its own risk factors. Well, of course. Of right. Course. And so and they don't deal with that because that's just not what they're dealing with. Right. So, um, like they said, they're just adding to the body of literature yeah, when good. it comes to that. So um Well, thank you for helping me understand this more fully my pleasure.
0: I thank feel, you for letting me put my nerd oh, cap on for
1: a minute. Anytime. I was, I was excited. absolutely a pleasure. See, it wasn't entertainment for most people, I bet, but it was entertainment <laughs> for me. I I was, this was the intersection of my my entertainment and crime. See, and
0: most people wouldn't find that
1: entertaining, but
0: you did and were able to (laughs) make it entertaining for the rest of us. That's right. That
1: sounds so callous, like I'm entertained by single moms and crime, but but I'm just really entertained by discovering so that the wheels of progress can move. You know what I mean? Because they have this body of literature with all of these different understandings. And then you put that in a clinician's hands who then has a family and she or he gets to know that family and who they are and their personality and their histories. And that person can marry those two things into something that's super helpful. And at the end, children are benefited and parents are benefited and society is benefited. And that's the hope. And that's the hope. And so, you know, we, we we had to watch a movie, kind of about yes, this.
0: yes, because well, that's what we have to
1: do. Well, you had some other articles. Well, I did. Okay. I pulled up one that was uh-huh. um, tell uh, us about them. This one is kind of a not an empirical article. This right. one is an opinion piece that kind of goes against this article we just talked uh-huh. about. Okay, um, because there was an opinion piece written, and boy, this is the problem with headlines. <laughs> there was yeah. a there was a post about this article that we just talked about that says single moms can't be scapegoated for the crime rate anymore. And so this person tries to correct what he sees as an injustice um, kind of based on this kind of literature. And then this this goes on to talk about the policies and Uh ignoring all of these different confounds. And so you can find out there, there are always people who are looking at these things and coming up with Uh um, responses. And you can find them on both sides. right? Well, and I would argue perhaps...
0: That they are people like me who don't understand how these types of studies are done and what the actual purpose of them are. Right. Who read them and they had the same response that I had when I first read the abstract, <laughs> which was What the oh, fresh hell oh. is this? Yeah. <laughs> Oh no! They did not just go there. <laughs> they just did not blame all the ills
1: of society on single parents, right? They right? didn't, right? But so <laughs> but this that's article how it is, is yeah. kind of well. And I thought this article did a decent job because it responds to the the response right. that that kind of crucified it. Right. But I like this quote at the top. I thought it was very um, insightful. It can't be distilled to a single graph, but it's impossible to ignore. Yeah. See, that's and, that's,
0: and that I think is the key. So we'll, I'll post both of these. Uh, single moms can't be scapegoated for the crime rate anymore. And then this opinion piece that has that can't be distilled to a simple graph, the real complex connection between single parent families and crime. Right. So, and I think that, if we're just going to talk about headlines, I think that that one is probably the most accurate because it's super complex situation, and you cannot distill it into no. one. This is the thing that causes crime because it's so many
1: things. It's so complex. Crime. People are complex, right? People are complex, and right. so. Um, you know, but I think that yeah, that article does a decent job of taking kind of some of this article, but also in the context of a broader right, you know, piece of information. Yeah, and so then CNN came out because you know when I started reading this article. Then you know, I don't know what I put on my Google search, but I, <laughs> then Google knew what I was doing and he, uh-huh. and they started throwing things my way. And so I didn't even have to look for this. Gargle one. was like, Google was like, gargle. Yeah, gargle. Gargle. <laughs> 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 Google yeah. was Go- like, Oh, you're interested in that? Try this oh, one for some. Exactly. They, they know me so well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but the best and worst U S states for children. Oh, oh. And I thought, oh, "Oh, do I dare open this? Do I even want to know? Uh Um, But this was interesting. Okay, so what do we know? What the best state is? See, I knew, I knew you'd want to know that.
0: Uh Um, It's New Hampshire. Oh.
1: Okay. New
0: Hampshire. Because the kids can go out and play in the snow and not fry in the summer. Well, I
1: think that probably makes them a little happier. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, because they have to shovel snow.
0: Ooh, but that's physical activity, which increases their mental well-being.
1: See, that's true. See, in Texas here, we hibernate during the summer. We do. Because it's so hot outside. Right, 102 kids. Oh, it's horrible. It's Where we weird. are in Texas, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and, and I have to say that um, Texas was in, like, the bottom five.
0: Oh, well, oh. I'm, we talked about this a little bit. I'm not surprised. If we know these things, then maybe we can do something to change it. And
1: somebody has to be in the bottom five. Well, somebody does. And you know? I guess I would rather be in the bottom five here than uh, in the U.S. Than yeah. Other places in the world um, that are struggling more. Yeah. Um, But I thought it was very interesting because they looked at well-being, factors of well-being, Uh um, what 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 you call good outcomes. Okay. Um, um, So it says, we wanted to capture as much as we could the range of factors that impact a child's life, not just what happens in school, not just what's happening in the economy. All these things have an impact on children's lives. Oh, bravo. Um, yeah, bravo. Um, so they use a uh, comprehensive, that they said, index mm-hmm. of data from federal statistical agencies, including U.S. Census, uh, National Center for Health Statistics, and National Center for Education Statistics. Okay. So um, they had some pretty good good things going on here. Again, okay. this is not a cause. If no. you live in oh, New New Mexico um, was the bottom. Oh. Um, you know, so if you live in New Mexico, it's not going to cause you to be. You know, I think it's the sun that's what's making it because Texas is near the bottom.
0: I mean, near near the bottom. I think if you fry, then yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It
1: it just prevents it presents a only, challenge.
0: You can only take so much clothing off. Well, that's true. in New Hampshire, you can layer on layer one. on. And I'm Do making you, it all about the weather.
1: Maybe I'm a little obsessed with
0: the weather. Maybe you're just hot right it. now. <laughs> I,
1: I don't know. I don't know. We're both sitting here like in tank tops, though, with a fan and AC. Like, Uh come on. Yep. Come on. Yep. But it was just an interesting article. I thought they did a really good job. And you know what? This was written by a reporter at CNN who took a study and explained it. But I would bet if you read the study, it would be highly inflammatory to the general public. (laughs) Probably. And you know what? I appreciate
0: that somebody with more educational training is able to read it and help distill it for me. Because, you know, I can explain to you how a crochet pattern works. Really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, see? an expert.
1: (gasps) How did I not know this? I don't know.
0: Yeah. So cool. I mean, my husband and I do a, a Prince podcast called The Mountains and the Sea. And Go like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. If you're a Prince fan, it's good stuff. But um, I made him a Prince doll <gasps> for Christmas. I'll show it to you, oh, and I'll post a picture on, on cool. the social media. We talked about all these things we're going to post on social media. Would you like to know how to find us on social media? Oh, I think they do. I think they probably do. It's Killer Fun Pod on Twitter Killer Fun Podcast on Facebook or you can email us at killerfunpodcast at gmail.com I don't know why you'd email us but if you feel like you need to email us go redhead right, ahead.
1: right. That's especially great. especially if you have like inflammatory comments about oh, what we just talked about Yeah, maybe email, maybe email, email that first Yeah, <laughs> email that to me first
0: because maybe I can talk you down from your ledge yeah. like Jackie <laughs> talked me down from my ledge from that
1: that, that study I your reaction was the best what the fresh hell is this <laughs> It <laughs> was great. I loved it. Well, good. Yeah, good. So
0: Jackie, and I posted this on social media. So if you already follow us on social media, you know that we watched The Client from 1994. Jackie Such Bitt- good stuff. Oh my gosh, that is a good movie. I haven't seen it since probably the mid-90s. And I watched it, really it incessantly. Good. Yeah. You, like I used to, I used to know every word that, that doesn't surprise me at all. Why? Because it seems like very much the kind of thing that you would appreciate. You're from Georgia. Mm-hmm. You can appreciate the way the kids from Memphis were the, the way they spoke, maybe the way they were raised a little bit, just like it would have been something that you were both familiar with. And interested in what is the psychology behind this here is this single mom who has to leave her 11 year old in charge of her younger child while she goes to work just trying to make it just trying to make it because we find out later spoiler alert from the movie from (laughs) a long time ago (laughs) 1994. This movie came out. So if you need a spoiler alert, I'm sorry. I'll put the little sound in. There but you go. <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now, you probably
1: don't want to. Um, <laughs> well, you know what? There's new. There's there's people who weren't around in well, 1994 that are like adults now. God. Don't you know what I mean. That. So I don't want to do they that. may not have seen this yet. <laughs> That's true because this is all brand new. So right. yeah, yeah. Well, okay.
0: So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. You can rent it on Amazon. Amazon
1: Prime has it uh, for rent. Yeah, you can rent yeah. it for like three dollars and iTunes. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so yeah. spoiler alert. So we so find out that that they were not a
0: good quality match, the mom and the dad, because the little boy. Literally had to hit his own dad in the face with a baseball bat to get his dad to stop beating his mother. And so he has no... huh. Breaks your heart. Oh, absolutely. Yes. It's horrible. It's horrible. So, you know, this kid sees somebody trying to commit suicide, tries to stop them without intervening too much, without being seen really. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. He lies to the police. Not something I would suggest you do. Nope. Because he got caught. Because he's
1: eleven. And he was afraid of being caught smoking. He was. Like this was part of it. Like he had been sneaking out when he shouldn't have been sneaking out. Mom specifically told him don't go into the woods. Don't boys went into the woods. This is what they do and they go there and then they're smoking. Right. Right. This is why so it's so, why did we watch this movie? Because it's not just that she was a single mom, but it highlights a lot of the contributing factors that go into the environment that is such a high risk factor for right. these kids, right because she has to work, right. She has to work. she has no choice. The child is kind of old enough, really, but she's worked forever. like she's right. been doing this since they were younger right had is she was a she's with 20, father she's twenty seven. Her oldest child is 11. 11. So you can see, so it starts off early, this cycle of her having to work. And what happens when a a person works all day? They're tired. They come home and then they've got kids to deal with and they're just exhausted. And so um, they don't necessarily have the investment the margin for investment that they would want, right? Um, but they do the best they can. But it does kind of create this out of control cycle sometimes. Um, and so she comes home and she needs to take care of them, but she's exhausted and they have no money. So it's not like she can pay for these babysitters and these and you know programs or these daycares right. or these. Or whatever. So these kids, they go out because well, she's gone.
0: Yeah, and they can they, they have can free reign. do yeah. yeah.
1: And so then they sneak off, and then they sneak off, and they're smoking. Yeah. Well, they had stolen her cigarettes, right? You know what I mean? And then and then all of this ensues, and so then there's this protective older brother thing. Well, the little kid, the little boy reacts. Very harshly to all of this. Ricky, And so he is basically catatonic. Yeah. I mean,
0: he witnessed a suicide and thought his brother was going to die. And he
1: just shut down. Yeah. He just shut down. Poor baby. Right. And so now the older brother, he's like in this like protection mode. He doesn't want, he wants to get the police out of there. Does he trust the police? He doesn't know. Well, and for
0: good reason, he shouldn't because the police officer who was driving him to the hospital after they've they've taken Ricky and Diane the mother mm-hmm. In the ho- in the ambulance to the hospital, somebody's got to drive Mark, the 11-year-old, to the hospital. There's the police officer, and he's, like, pumping the kid for information, trying to find holes in his story. And I wonder, you know, there was a maybe a bit of a bias there that here is this kid from the wrong side of the tracks living in the trailer park. You know, he had something
1: to do with this. That's what we call like a reinforcement cause. Yeah. You know, he's already got some issues in his life that cause him to make poor decisions because kids do. Yeah, it's not because he's a bad kid. No, it's he's because 11. any kid left alone is going to have an opportunity to make a bad decision. That and that happens. The question is whether the environment promotes you know catching that before it becomes a problem or or after, um, or whether the environment can help him to know there's going to be consequences in in a safe zone No. Right, um, and so he goes off and he he makes these bad decisions, and well, you know, there's just. A lot of things in his life. But then this cop is doing this. Did the cop protect his mom? No. No. Back in the day. No, but he did. You
0: find out that later that over and over again the dad says he's going to get sober and he's going to treat them better. You get the impression that maybe the cops were involved mm-hmm. and there was definitely attorneys involved and they didn't do anything to protect this kid. So right. why so should that just trust reinforces,
1: anybody? Right. You know, and it reinforces the mom's distaste also. Yeah. Um, you know, so anyway, so you can kind of see how all of the factors that come from low income situations, single parent situations contribute to what this journal article we read talked about as a low investment. Yes. There's a low investment in the children, and it's not really her fault. It's just the situation. Right. Um, She's
0: unable to invest more in them because she doesn't have any more to give. She doesn't have more mm -hmm. time to give. She doesn't have more money to give. And she She doesn't doesn't have have
1: more people in her life to give. give.
0: Yeah. And she doesn't have the background of education Mm -hmm. to help impart to her children.
1: So it's a a (sighs) recipe. It's a recipe. and I think anecdotally, we all kind of get that. But then we right. see it on paper and it's like, <gasps> yeah, because there's so many movies that are the opposite where we see the triumph, right? right? And because that happens, this one actually I did a pretty th- decent job of, yeah, of showing the the struggle is real.
0: The, yeah, the struggle is real. You know, <laughs> the struggle is for every story that you have, that's a triumph that is the feel good movie that we really want to see. There are at least One, probably many more stories like this where children are taken advantage of. Attorneys told this little boy that he didn't need an attorney. Oh. Oh, that was so oh. irritating. No, attorneys are just a pain. You don't need an attorney. And thankfully, he'd already retained himself an attorney. Because he's so smart. <laughs> because he is smart. Because for all that he speaks in an uneducated manner, he's not a dumb kid. No, he's really smart. Yeah. And he was smart enough that FBI attorneys want to talk to me I need to have somebody on my side. Right. I don't want this person, but I need this person. And, you know, he was smart enough to do that,
1: and they were able to catch them in mm-hmm. that. And, and he was know. smart enough to do that. What I loved is Susan Sarandon's character. Uh-huh. Because, Reggie Love. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love, love. It. You love Reggie Love. I love Reggie Love. <laughs> um, what I love about it is that it shows what the support can do. Yeah, he made a really good decision because kids do, but it really took somebody saying yes because a lot of people would have said no, right? And he he was persistent. He really was. But Reggie Love comes in and she doesn't just become his attorney; she invests in him and invests in the family. And look how big of an impact this investment made, right? Right, and that's what social network and support can do, right? Um, And my favorite line is Diane. And this is it. She says, "Alls I ever wanted." That uh-huh. and my heart just melts when she says, "Alls I ever wanted." Yeah, and she goes on to describe all of these things. The, and, oh,
0: she wanted alls I ever wanted was a white house with a walk-in
1: right. closet. I was like, "Oh, that's oh, so sweet." It's so sweet, but the way she just starts that phrase, "Alls I ever wanted," and I just oh. I feel that. Uh-huh. I feel that that's what she was working for, thinking this is where I'm going. If I
0: work hard enough, I can get that white house mm-hmm. with a walk-in closet. And that seems, especially to people like you and me, so modest. Yeah. You know, that that's all she ever wanted. I oh. wanted the moon. Yeah. And she never wanted the moon. No. She just wanted a little bit of security. Yes,
1: that's what it represented. That's all she wanted was a little bit of security. And to get there, she went through a lot, but it was the investment of yeah. the network around her. Uh-huh. that
0: It was the investment of Reggie Love, mm-hmm. giving love to her child yep. that eventually got her to that point yep. oh that's a good, a good movie. movie it was good and I would say we've talked about stuff here and yeah you kind of have an idea it's a movie from the mid-90s there's going to be a happy ending oh yeah. just be honest oh, yeah. <laughs> but there's so much other stuff that happens that's not really pertinent no. to this yeah. conversation that but it's totally, totally worth watching. Totally worth watching. and I mean, the crime part of it
1: right. alone is pretty.
0: Well, Woo-hoo. yes, the crime part of it. Um, speaking of communities and support around, it wasn't just the community of Reggie pouring into Mark and pouring into this family to help them. It was the community of the judge who Reggie had worked with Mm -hmm. who had poured into her and told her that as a person who'd had her children pulled away from her because she was declared unfit she could still become an attorney she had somebody believe in her and pour into her and Mm -hmm. she was able then to pour into this other family it's it's the cup that fills up you know when you start to overflow you pour into somebody
1: else and I think that's it's deeper than just the one connection right right and, you
0: know, somebody poured into him as well. Right. That's the reason why he felt like he needed to take mm-hmm. Reggie under his wing and let her clerk for him and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just, and this is, and this, you know, I wonder if this is what, maybe why we need acquaintances, <gasps> you know, yeah. to bring us around is to... Kind of get to know people and have a little bit of help and have a little bit of, you know, you don't need to have everybody bring it into your whole life. You don't need to bring everybody into your inner circle. You don't need to know their every thought. They don't need to know your every thought. But you know, when you need somebody to bring a meal because somebody had a baby or somebody broke their leg or Whatever happened, you know those are. That's something that it doesn't matter what your political affiliation or your religious belief is. That's something you can do because you're a human who cares about your neighbors. Right. And Our network
1: doesn't have to be a hundred best friends. No, who you know everything? You, who has time to invest like that? No. But acquaintances—is that even a thing anymore? I don't. I don't know that it is. I mean, it's not really a thing anymore. Well,
0: I think it can be, but you have to be very... Uh, proactive about it? Yeah, you have... Yes, you have to be very careful and limiting because I think I do have acquaintances who are people who are Facebook friends to me who cannot see everything that I post. Oh, that there you I go. Have, so you've set up some boundaries. I've set up... I But I've been intentional about setting up those boundaries so that those people remain acquaintances. And a lot of those people, they can only see certain things that I post on social networks. And I hide a lot of what they post on social networks so that I don't have to know that. We, right. can, we can be friends who like to go to a hearts and dwelled concert
1: yes. <laughs> which go is to a hearts and dwelled concert that's a, yes. Jackie's
0: uh, worship band that yeah. she leads and it's great thank you and yeah, yeah well it's wonderful it deserves a little plug here so <laughs> we, we like to support
1: all the things that yes. we do here but I have to you know, say you're really smart for doing that I think you've approached social networking in a very smart way well it took years of unfriending people (laughs) (laughs) and I think it's hard because we don't we don't want to think that we have to do that right because I think it can sound harsh right but it's not really harsh it's actually a very loving place to come from right say to say you know I'm going to connect with you and I'm going to honor your boundaries too right you know and to say you know let your circle be your circle. And you can let that be small, but our network can be unlimited, right? So yeah, so if something happens
0: to one of those people whom I don't, I can find out about that, right? And I can offer them help as I'm able to do so. But I don't have to be inflamed, or injured, A belief that they have that's different than me, and they're because they're absolutely welcome to their beliefs, and I may not agree with them, and may not choose to spend a lot of time with this person, but we can have a situation, the Venn diagram of when is it okay for me to relate to you, and I feel like a, a social event might be a perfectly good way to you know we go to a, the same party we can have a nice discussion they had a illness or death in the family i can go to the funeral or provide a meal right but, because
1: you uplifting conversations within your social network regarding differences and all of those hard subjects. Those, those are good because it's iron sharpening iron, but on a broader network, you can't always be in that place. Nobody has enough margin to just constantly be debating and talking. And so sometimes you just have to decide this is my circle. That's where I do this. And although that person disagrees with me and I disagree with them, we can still be friends, but we don't really have enough margin to constantly be having a conflict or having even a debate Right. Because at that level it might be discouraging. Right. Um, so that's smart. Well and I
0: feel like too if you can get to know somebody on maybe a superficial level superficial is not really the word I want because that seems like disingenuous, but it's not. If you can get to know somebody a little bit and say, oh, this person's very nice. And then you get to the point where you realize, oh, they have a completely different ideology than I do. But I still think they're really nice. How do I deal with that? And I think that's where we can grow and be more accepting of people who have a differing opinion than we do, because I know them in this context, and they're really nice. Mm -hmm. And Maybe I don't have to demonize them because we don't agree on something.
1: Right. Right. It allows the connection to remain. Yeah. It, relo- it allows the, uh, the humanness to yes. still be intact. Yes. Among the people. Right. You can't fight with everybody. No. Well, and that's what it turns into though. Right. When you try to do it with everybody. Yes. Because yes. you don't have enough margin to be as open right. with everybody. I don't
0: have enough experience with this person to give them the benefit of the doubt all I've done is argue with them. um, Yeah. yeah. I'm not interested in arguing with people. I'm not interested in pulling people to quote unquote my side. No. I mean, I would think, I would hope that some people would agree with me, but they're not going to all the time. And how boring would it be if we all agreed on everything?
1: Right. (laughs) Exactly. How boring would it be if every connection we had had to do with our disagreements? If that's the only conversation we ever had. That'd be exhausting. I'd really rather have like, you know, this friend who likes the Atlanta Braves, uh-huh. chop, chop, yeah, you know, yeah. keep calm, chop, as on. long as
0: they're not a white supremacist, because that's that's right. where I'm gonna to draw a line. Well, I'm gonna draw a line there that I kind of want to know that a little <laughs> bit and shine a light on that <laughs> and make that not
1: okay it's true i guess i should i probably should be there but right now the braves are kind of at the top so i don't care you're You're banding together Um, so let me pick a different one i'd really like to know if if the person you know that well let's just say if they like um georgia tech there you go because see uh, georgia tech's never in the running for you Uh know top duck (laughs) Sorry, Georgia Tech. I love you. I am your fan. But, you know, at yeah. the end of the day, the SEC's got it. So um, if you like the Georgia Tech, um, then I, I probably do want to know if you're a white supremacist. Yeah. Because maybe we don't connect. But yeah. that's okay. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. You a Braves fan right now? I don't care. <laughs>
0: right now you don't care? We are chopping on. <laughs> Come so, January, you can find out that I information can right that. now.
1: <laughs> right? And see? There you go that's that's why you could change your privacy settings on facebook <laughs> because, right. you, you know that's when right. you're number one and then in the east then um, yeah then you know exists. it doesn't it, everybody's welcome <laughs> yeah, <kidding>. yeah. <laughs> there you go
0: there you go all right so we've had kind of a heavy few episodes here <laughs> we really have. we've kind of pulled away from what our original sort of mission was which was a little more light-hearted i think the discussions we've had have been great i think really good really worthwhile and worth looking at but i'm ready to do something a little um less heavy? Uh, me
1: too. <laughs> me it, too. Goodness. I'm so ready. Okay. I mean, not that I didn't love putting my nerd cap on, but um, yeah. I'm ready to... Um, well,
0: maybe next time we put a nerd cap on, let's do t- t- a little bit lighter. A little bit lighter. Yeah. maybe not. Good. Maybe not such a heavy issue uh, because I love the nerd cap. <laughs> I really do. But it's summer and we need a little levity. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's summer. It's summer. We need to play a game. We do. Let's it's do sad with yes. air conditioning. <laughs> Under a fan. Yes. With a cup of coffee. And yes, so we're going to play a another escape room. Yay! We've got, we've had the box, we played the one a few episodes ago. We're going to play another one and that'll be fun. I'm and also, so excited also, about this. So I'll try and find something like lighthearted crime. Is there such a thing? (laughs) (laughs) There is such a thing in our world. Right in our world, lighthearted
1: crime, lighthearted crime. Maybe
0: I'll find some more stupid criminals. I think a top
1: ten list of stupid criminals. Oh, stupid criminals it is. I think I think and if anybody has one that they've got to share. Yes. You gotta share it with us. And maybe it'll make our top ten. Yeah. I mean, it may not make this
0: top 10, but do share it with us. Do share. Do share, because this is not the first, and it certainly won't be the last time that we do some stupid criminals, because let me tell you, when I need some lighthearted laughs that have to do with crime and entertainment... (laughs) I want some stupid criminals.
1: Kind of just in general, though. Like, anytime I need a laugh, stupid criminals, right? Yeah. Fit the bill. Yeah. They really just do. Yeah. Like, the (laughs) criminals, like, I remember
0: the very first time I heard, like, a stupid criminal and realized my love for it. This little (laughs) teaser for next time is there was a pawn shop in the next little town over. Well, it was the town that I lived in, but it's a little town over from where we are now. And some kids broke into a house and they sold the video camera and they videotaped themselves like defacing property and stuff like that. And they sure did pawn that video camera with the tape still in it. So that's awesome. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh no, if you're going to videotape yourself, don't be stupid. Take the video out of the camera right before you pawn it because right. it proved that they were that th- that they'd done it that they stole the video camera they were pawning stolen property and like that's their funny. saving grace was that they were teenagers and that's the only reason they didn't end up in prison that's so funny yeah wow yep. So that, I can't wait to hear more. That's when I That's when I realized I had a love of stupid criminals. So I will see if I can find some more stupid criminals. Yes. talk about next let's time. Let's so, do it. All right. So join us a
1: couple weeks. We'll see you soon. All right. See you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.